other last Monday at the uh, East Point Track Club Barbecue Challenge. I gotta, I gotta hand it to you. Ronnie Bratcher gave it to you pretty rough. He did. I deserved every bit of it. Well, I think there was some confusion. <laughs> <laughs> so, <clears throat> the barbecue, the whole plate was excellent. It was excellent. The sides were, your, your cornbread yes. was the best cornbread I think I've ever had. I think Ronnie said it was orgasmic. He did. He did. The baked beans, which Chris and I are not fans of. I, I, I don't think I've ever had baked beans that I liked until that night. Nice. They were fantastic. Um, I thought the coleslaw was really good, and I thought the potato salad was... The potato salad was phenomenal. That was ruthless. Um, all, all that was good. Pulled pork, I think where you may have lost was... Um, you, <laughs> you expected us to put sauce on it and judge it, which we did not do. Well, no, that's fine. If you didn't want to add sauce, that's fine. No, no. I judged it on the sauce alone, or without, without as it was sauce. presented to me, yes. and then I ate it with sauce. And it was much better. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but bo- both of them needed But sauce. that's why we had sauce on the table. Right, but but you we didn't know which one to put on. Oh, you couldn't tell by looking at it, the mustard and the... I, but... That's for the chef to do. It's much like the argument we have about wing presentations. Yes. Very similar. <laughs> yeah. I can um, see you guys, uh, the wheels turning on that one also. So, ribs are good. Ronnie was harsh. I deserved it. <laughs> Unfortunately, you did not win again. Again. Maybe, Maybe you should consult with someone next time, like me. Like you. <laughs> you so... <clears throat> So Don't did, make me a judge. So I did a lot of I did a lot of cooking on Sunday, and then um, I actually uh, put my pulled pork and my ribs in the oven on Monday morning, and then I had to go to work for a few hours. Came back, um, uh, was going to do the cornbread and some of the items that are better fresh. I mixed the slaw and did that immediately upon opening the oven and getting the pork butt out. I knew I was under by about two to three hours, and there wasn't a whole lot I could do. Oh. And so, because I had so much food in the oven, I had 40 pounds of pork butt and 20 pounds of ribs in the oven, and the ribs came out perfectly. I was I was super happy really good. with the ribs. At the end of the night, when we were cleaning up, the pulled pork was perfect. Yeah. Because it had been in the oven those extra couple hours. Well, so, yeah. the other side of it, so, you know, I'm hustling around Monday morning, hustle to get to work, um, take off work about 2 o'clock. Uh, I really need to be at, uh, I, my goal was to be at the spindle at 4 p.m. Um, I, I was running about a half hour late getting, getting everything together and getting it in the van. Sometimes I forget how many trips, uh, when I do concessions and, and when I do these, these kind of events, uh, how many trips up and down. And then, um, so I check my maps. I'm uh, 
notice that 285 is pretty clear. I get on 400 south and hit 285. I immediately get on the entrance ramp when the hero truck cuts me off with the lights on. And I look down 285 and there's a, there is a fire truck backing up to block traffic. Wow. So I do the, I do the full douche. I immediately get down the ramp and then I cut over and get all the way over to the left and cut people off and move up to, to pass the accident. And then I cut all the way, all the way over and do that. So just so I could get on 285 and wait there. Yeah. So I did fine with that one. Well, then a Range Rover rear-ended me with the rack down because I had the coolers in the back and I didn't want to put the rack up and then back down again. I just left it down, not, not thinking that I'd have any issues. And they had their hands in the air in the windshield like I did something wrong, like I short-stopped. And I'm like, well, I wasn't going that fast anyways because I have 60 pounds of cooked pork in my van and I really don't <laughs> want to stop quickly. <laughs> Along with, what, three gallons of barbecue sauce and, right. five, and, and five gallons of baked beans. I'm not stopping quickly. So it was a very eventful getting down there. Um, what I'll say is uh, the, the place where the event was, the spindle, was beyond expectations. It's a cool place. They you get a really chance, go down there. It's a nice shop to get cycling gear or to grab a coffee or, or grab really, a beer. Really, if you're on the belt line or you're thinking about starting or ending uh, somewhere on the, on, on the belt line. Um, or if you're just riding, it's a great place to get a coffee. Um, there were a lot of cycling friends that I knew from other parts of the city that weren't there for our event that just happened to know that the spindle was going to be open. Right. And so it was great to see them succeeding because that's a tough business. And, that, and uh, like you mentioned, I think when you first came in, what what does this place do? What what is this? What how how did this happen? Well, and and I started googling it at like three o'clock, and I'm like. Why the hell are they holding the event at a men's shop? Because <laughs> that's what it says on Google. Like, I'm like, what? And I, I got there. I'm like, oh, it's like a little cafe. Oh, and there's a shop in the front with cycling gear and bags and clothes and stuff like that. Um, and it was it was good to see. You know, I saw some of the guys over the last few weeks at the Tucker Crit yeah. and some of the other. But good to see Brick and Daryl. And then I, I see I haven't seen Kevin in probably close to a year. He, he oh, really? showed up kind of late. I probably haven't seen him since well, the, maybe the last event. Aaron were running the new cycling league at the Velodrome. Yeah. Um, so the, and then, of course, sitting there getting yelled at by, by Chris for an hour. <laughs> for, for stuff you said. But we did come up with a great idea to have Chris on the show. I, did, I, did, I do deserve being yelled at. <laughs> I think what we're going to do is, is me and you against Chris playing Jeopardy, which should be hysterical. That's awesome. <laughs> have you found an online game that we can use? Um, I think we might have to bring in a host. Oh, like I maybe like uh, Brian Conley or we even Scott that. Patton or somebody else. We do that to host somebody to be Alex Trebek. We get Ronnie Badger. He, might, he might be a little harsh <laughs> <laughs> on the criticism. Um, no, but that would be good. I mean, he's close. He lives up here, so that that wouldn't be a, a terrible idea. True. Um, Okay, so let's let's do. We haven't recorded in about a week and a half, um, so there's a lot to go over. Um, last episode, we, we forgot to thank somebody. We forgot to thank Seth Snyder. Oh, um, we thanked everybody but him. He he had been on the show. The episodes, yes. He'd been on the show twice. Yes. <laughs> so uh, Seth, if you're listening, I know I said this to you the other night when I saw you, but thank thanks again for 
hosting us after the Tucker Crit in. Uh, it's always good just hanging out with him. Yeah. Really enjoy it. And, um, you know, I texted you maybe a week and a half, two weeks ago. A friend of ours passed away. Someone that we worked at two restaurants with. Oh, really? Paul Cole. I didn't know. I didn't know. I guess you just didn't get my text. I didn't get it. I got a text from Tyler and uh, Katie, Katie about two weeks ago. It. Well, I don't know what he died of, but he was in his early sixties. Um, Should we tell Paul two Paul Cole story? Uh, uh, the one Paul Cole story I want to tell is you tell yours and I'll tell mine. Well, I have two, but I well, won't tell okay, one because I don't want to. Well, I might tell it because it is kind of funny. Um, Paul was a very ornery, older black man. <laughs> um, okay, the, the really four stories because I forgot that one. Uh, the Mike McGann one? That wasn't the you, one I was going to tell. No, you do you do your two, and then if, if, you, if you don't do... No, no matter... Four, this is in... This is this is for Paul Cole, a good, a, a, a good fellow co-worker. So, you know, Paul was a bartender at Ale House when we were both there. Um... I think he got he got fired while I was in Gainesville, if I remember correctly. I think it was after I was done. You were already at Stool Pigeons yes. or somewhere, and I had gone to Gainesville. And while I was gone, he, he was he was either fired or I know why he was fired because he wrote a nasty letter to corporate. But every time I saw Paul, I said, "Hey, Paul, how are you? Good to see you, man." And he's like, "Mike, you're so insincere." I go, "Paul." I'm saying hi to you because I love you. And he's like, yo, whatever, man. So if I found out, every time I found out it was Paul's birthday, I made it like a big deal. Wow. Always. How did you find out Paul's birthday? I, I don't know it how. It couldn't I, have been social Katie, media. Katie or Tyler told me. That's, that's, that's how I had to have found out. That's awesome. And I made sure that it was in my phone so that I went to work and Paul's birthday is Paul's birthday. Hey, did you know it's Paul's birthday? He's turning 40 today. That's awesome. <laughs> and, the smile I would get out, the only time I could ever get Paul to smile from ear to ear was when it was his birthday. That's awesome. And it was, it, it made my day to see him that happy. Um, I don't want to tell, I don't want to, I, I, I want to save the other story for another time. Do you? Yeah. Okay. I, I have a feeling it's the same story you're going to tell, but you can tell it. Okay. So does I'll, it have to do with frozen drinks? No. Okay. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe it does. So my first uh, first Paul Cole story. So Paul, I was at Stool Pigeons. Mike hadn't joined me yet. Um, uh, Mike Thompson had come down, yeah. and uh, so we had we had a little. We had some people from Ale House down at Stool Pigeons Tess, uh, help. Paul, yeah, help me out. And so Paul either called me up or he might have shown up and asked for a job. And I said, Yeah, you can you can start on Friday. Um, the training procedures at Stool Pigeons it's just a couple of days but he could work service bar yeah. and do and pretty much would be successful so it's a semi busy Friday night and Paul's working service bar and he's doing fine very meticulous always had his towel in one spot yep. always had his shakers and that in, in, in his spots and he, he did the well the way he wanted to and all that and so I was walking the dining room a little bit and then, and then I we mainly had kitchen issues, so usually I spend a lot of time back there trying to help with the kitchen. And one of the servers comes back and says, hey, that guy you hired just took a dive in the service bar. 
what? <laughs> oh my god. And I'm like, Paul? PC? And and she goes, yeah. And so when I get out there, some of the other employees had kind of scooped him up and put him in the chair. Um, like where the, oh, where the, I vaguely remember um, where the video machine was, where the, yeah. ju- where the jukebox was, they had yeah. him in a chair and he was yeah. kind of sitting there and, uh, and he was really kind of semi-embarrassed and, and was a little disheveled and didn't exactly know where he was. And, and I said, Hey Paul, why don't you come over and take this booth? Um, you, usually we sat next to the computers where the games and all that were. That right. first booth was the worst because you were. The, you, you were right out of the kitchen. You, you were right out of the kitchen as people were coming by. So like the, ser- the server wouldn't even see you. It, it wouldn't even notice the table half the time right. as you were coming out. So Paul was sitting in there, and, um, and, and I'm like, Paul, can I get you anything? He's like, what's going on? He's like, well, I'd love something to eat. I'm like, sure, you know, what would you like? And he's just like, oh, I'll take a chicken sandwich or something, you know, like what was on it. And then, and then finally it came out. Paul hadn't eaten for two days because he had run out of money. Yeah, and and I said, Paul, you are welcome wherever I am, however I am, to join me at either my dinner table or my kitchen, or if I'm working, you're always welcome. Please, please, please know that. Yeah, it doesn't have to be like that. So he was trying to work. He was going to try to get through the end of the shift, and he would have gotten his tip money, and then so he probably would have stopped and gotten some food. Unfortunately, he wasn't able to. Make it. But I just couldn't believe. Yeah, it was, too, it was a proud, proud man. Proud man, and, and and I couldn't believe that he wouldn't just come have come to me before the shift and said, "Hey, did you?" And even if he wanted to pay for it at the end of the shift, he knows that right. he would have been. I think we got half, half off of food. Yeah, it was like four fifty for a sandwich, or like four twenty five. By the time he got done with right. the end of the night, the bartender would bring it up, and so even if you skipped out on it, it wouldn't have been. You know, I would have just caught you the next day or right. or two days later. It was no no big deal as long as that doesn't happen a couple times in a row. He was a good man. He was a good man. What was your other story? So I'm managing Ale House, and Paul is that <clears throat> Paul's Paul's doing the service bar, and he's he's trying to work a couple of customers like up the bar mm-hmm. and do service at the same time because it was I think it was Destefano. And Brandy or Katie? I think it was Brandy on the other side, and Brandy was trying to do the other side on service bar, and then work calf, and then Destefano was on point. Right. So this woman calls me over. <laughs> this woman calls me the customer. Calls I know where you're going with this one. <laughs> this woman calls me over halfway halfway down the bar on the on the uh, on the um, on the non dining room side on the on the uh, high top side. <laughs> <laughs> calls me over, and she's like. She's like, sir, I, I just, I, I am flabbergasted. And I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry, ma'am. She had some to-go food. And I'm like, is the food not, is the food not prepared the way you want it? Is the order wrong? She's like, no, I was here getting some drinks. And I want to tell you that that man is very racist. And so I naturally assumed it was just a fun. Big Italian kid, you know, just had had on. Very loud, very like, rude. Loud, rude. He could Crazy piss, hair. He could piss his mom off at the bar. Yeah. And so I figured that, that something just semi cross had happened. So, just assuming that it was Destefano, I kept going on my. I'm like, I'm really sorry. You know, can I take care of your? You know, I can, I can uh, wipe the car transaction or, you know, do whatever. And she goes, Oh no, it wasn't him. 
it was him and points right at Paul Cole. And Paul Cole has that little boy look, look on his <laughs> on his face and has his hands together, like in, in you know his hands together, and he's and he like he really doesn't know. And I think I made I think I made a mistake. I was caught up so off guard, and I said I said, but ma'am. I was black. <laughs> <laughs> Paul did not like black people. <laughs> My other story leads right into that. <laughs> I don't remember if you were still there at, at Stool Pigeons or if you had gone on to Longhorn at this point. But it was like it was like a Saturday or Sunday in February or January. It was really cold out. And a group of women come in that wanted frozen drinks. And Paul sees the ticket and just starts shaking his head. He's like, you got to be kidding me. It's February. <laughs> who, who, or, and, and just some background. Bartenders that don't work at a bar that has, like, pre-made frozen drinks ain't making frozen well, drinks. All bartenders ain't making frozen drinks. When we took over Stool Pigeons, we got rid of frozen drinks and some other things. Just to try to change the clientele, sure. and 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 the people that were coming in there, because unfortunately, you know, if someone orders five frozen drinks, that takes that takes a lot of time, and it puts pushes other people's drinks back. So, <laughs> if we ever make a movie, this is going in the movie. The PC movie? <laughs> no, just the movie about the service industry. Oh, so waiting to. He gets two of the uh, cocktail glasses, the little <laughs> yeah. frozen the hurricane. glass, the hurricane glass. The hurricane glass. And I'm standing, I'm standing over by the TV, the TV where you control the TVs, and I hear him like cursing and slamming tins <laughs> down. And I look over and I see him unzip his pants, <laughs> <laughs> and then he gets the biggest smile on his face, and he's rubbing, <laughs> he's rubbing his um, sack <laughs> on the inside of the glass, and then he makes the drinks and serves them. Uh, but he was, you know. What a great guy. It's a shame. I know he had moved back to Colorado and, um, and uh, had uh, gotten close with his, his daughter and family out there. No, I and, think that's right. I think I remember that. Um, so, but he was, he was a good man and a, a, a good friend of ours while we worked with him. Um, and it had to be for like two or three years. Yeah, total probably even a little bit longer than yeah, that. Uh, so, for you, yeah. For you a little bit at Ale House before I got there. Well, what's funny is I went to his old at... store in Gainesville for oh, three that's months. Right. Yeah, and they were like, oh, how's Paul at home? I'm like, oh, he's great, man. And then sure enough, like a month later, he gets fired. <laughs> and then he was trying to come back. So well, um, Mackenzie's working at the Bonefish Grill. Yeah. That's right around the corner from right. where the Ale House is. Where the old uh, the Rafferty's, uh, I think Rafferty's used to be there. Okay. On 34th Street or somewhere close to there. All right, let's let's dive into the uh, the cycling stuff. Talk about Tour of Flanders real quick. Um, nice. Good race. Um, very controlled race by Team Quickstep Floors. Is that what it is? Quickstep Floors now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I haven't. I haven't seen it. I did see uh, Perry Roubaix's re- recording tonight, so I plan on watching that tonight or tomorrow. Oh, really? Yeah, I did well, watch like a five-minute highlight package. Yeah. Well, they, um, they did have the full race up on YouTube yesterday, okay. last night. Uh, ASO got it taken down earlier oh, today, so I was lucky to I was lucky to grab that last night when I called when I when I 
Oh, you should be able to watch it on NBC Sports if yeah. you want. Um, tell me, tell me what happened to the tour of Ned Flanders. Ned Flanders, I don't know. Barman Marino. <clears throat> well, it was a great team race. Uh, quick, step, quick Step really has a, mo- a four-headed approach to racing right now without Tom Bonin. Um, and then Philippe Gilbert isn't quite in, in as good as, as shape as he was previously. Nicky Terpstra is probably in the best shape of his career right now. And so when when Nicky, when Nicky, when Terpstra attacked, and I love Terpstra because he races track, um, he does the uh, the Rotterdam six day every year. Um, so he went a little bit early and was able to uh, kind of shed his compatriots and his teammates were able to block that last 40k, uh, making sure that if uh, making sure that if someone was trying to bring Terpster back, they got a free ride up to him, mm-hmm. and that was enough to allow him. I think he was only about seven or eight seconds ahead. By the finish line, after the time he, had, he got a chance to zip up his jersey and get his uh, get the sponsor correct and um, get his glasses on. So Team Quickstep finishes first and third in that race. First and J- third. Jabari. Mars Patterson uh, actually kind of attacked the group uh, and was able to kind of finish uh, just ahead of the sprinting group that had, I believe, eight or nine eight or nine people in it, including Sagan. I think Sagan ended up sixth or. He did. He did okay. Not yeah. what he wanted, but he did okay. Well, he said were, it was so hard to fight off Quick Step by himself. Well, and then he, but then he proved in Roubaix that he, that that if you pick the right moment, you could. Well, and plus, people are another week more tired. Mm-hmm. Um, they, there is more more miles or more kilometers of racing. So it was I good. Two hundred fifty-seven k. Seven hours. Wow. Yeah, it's a long race. Well, it really. And it's like I, when I talk about Milan San Remo, part of the reason that it's so long is to prove who did their work in the wintertime. And it's very obvious that Nicky Terpster did his work. Yeah. Uh, his coach uh, actually mentioned that it was the two kilos less than he weighs. If you're actually a clean athlete, it's the work you do getting those last two kilos off, not the actual physical. I hate – I really hate when – when team directors or managers say, "Oh, it's it's the two it's the two less kilos that caused it," no, it's the work that goes into reducing that body weight down. Yeah. Because two kilos ends up being about six or seven, maybe seven, a little over seven pounds. It's the work that goes into actually reducing those key those kilos that's far, 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 far more important than the actual two kilos. Unless right. you're like Chris Broom and you hit your inhaler a thousand times before you go to bed. And Try to tell the UCI that that's okay. Let's not jump ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, so great race, fantastic win. Really, when you think about Nicky Terpstra now, he has a Perry Roubaix championship and he has a Tour of Flanders, and so he goes into the discussion and is he one of the best riders of his era of his era, and because he has worked as a helper for from, and, and for a lot of other people from the whole thing or just for the classics. For the for the classics, yeah. I believe he does have a, maybe a Grand Tour win um, somewhere, uh, probably the Vuelta or possibly the Giro. at underscore Barman and Bevo number one fan. You should probably look that one up. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure by eight thirty or eight forty five tomorrow morning we'll get the. We'll he get the, he did tweet at me earlier that he's dying for an episode. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry we're a little long. I had a super busy week because my mom's seventieth birthday on Thursday. 
and I was able to, I was able to make it up to Durham, North Carolina, and then. Man, you just all over the place. Well, I proceeded to get a speeding ticket through Greenville, South Carolina. He didn't even. He, did, he actually didn't. He didn't use the just, gun on me. Just he south initial He must. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've gotten that ticket before. He must have entered the interstate at the same time because he doesn't. Use, he didn't use his radar. He just said, "He's." I, I said I thought I was going with traffic. He was like, "There were two cars like a mile up that you were you, that you were gaining on." So he wasn't he wasn't very happy with that. Um, Perry Roubaix, this past weekend. Um, we had. I saw Peter Sagan attacked maybe with 50k left. Or well, so there's some there was a couple right groups. Well, there's that he ended up. So catching. Tom Bonin, because of what Sagan said about people racing against the Matt Flanders, Tom Bonin told him that he should shut his mouth and just race. So Sagan Sagan went from the distance that Bonin has gone out from before at Paris-Roubaix when when um, Bonin actually won one of his Roubaix this way because Cancellara said Bonin can only win Roubaix in a sprint. And so this is kind of a play, a generational play against Bonin kind of doing that 50K out strongman, strongman Perry Roubaix win, not letting, not using your team and coming in with eight people to the velodrome and then getting a lead out for the win. So quite very, very, very impressive. Very, um, like all of Sagan's World Championships victories and all of Sagan's victories, he the people the people he races against gives probably give him the most kudos for how he for how he races and how and how he wins and with respect for for that fact. There's no one, I, very few people that have a crossword for the way for the way that, that he he wins these races. Uh, so final standings, Peter Sagan won. Sylvain Dillier, two. Nikki Terpstra, three. Yeah, uh, Terpstra attacked the group coming in the last, like, 10K and was able to hold him off. He was pretty close. It, I'm not sure why he didn't go with Sagan. Sagan attacked at, the, at, at a moment when, when people were a little bit tired. I believe Greg Van Avermaet had actually attacked just previously, and Stybar had actually attacked just before Van Avermaet. And so people were pretty tired and and ready to kind of. Um, it was nice to see that the weather held out. It wasn't really raining. Well, you've never seen a rainy a rainy weather event. Uh, I think only, I have, have one. No, there's only there's only there's only two people in the peloton right now that have raced the Perry Bay. The last wet one was 2002. Who won that one? Uh, Stuart O'Grady. You know that was the first cycling race I watched. Really? It was the one where Hincapi went in the ditch. Yes. And Boonin and and won. And Phil Liggett's got it wrong. Or Boonin maybe finished second? Third. Yeah. Yeah. And Liggett thought Hincapi. Liggett thought Boonin went into the ditch and Hincapi was still on. It was Outdoor Life Network. Yep. And I was sitting on my couch and I could not believe I was watching live cycling. Live cycling on my television in my. And I had. Let alone a classics race. I had my kids at the time. We were. I wasn't divorced yet, so I was just a dad, and me and the kids were downstairs, and we were having we were having fun, and and we were, I couldn't believe I was watching Paris. I was at I got drunk with my sister Holly, and spent the night at her boyfriend's house, who's now her husband. I slept on his couch. I set my alarm for like seven o'clock or six forty-five, whenever the race came on. 
my friend Darren, who got me into cycling, it's like, if you're going to watch a race, this is a great one to watch. It's like one of the classics. It should be pretty good. There's usually some turmoil because they're on the cobbles. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> sure enough, I watched it and I was like, I was hooked. That's awesome. Um, but that was the, it would have been like the 01 or 02 Perry Roubaix. I think it was 01 was the, 01 I think is the year that, um, it was U.S. Postal. That Boone and, Boone and, that yeah, Boone that's and about Jeffy right. were together, and they, and they crashed. I think it was the year before that. Um, Chris Froome update. It, it's been moved to the tribunal. Um, so the UCI is really wanting to press charges. And so now it's a, with cost. And they're going to take all the information that Chris Froome wants, and then three people will make a decision. Usually... One of the arbitrators is chosen by the UCI. One of the arbitrators is chosen by Team Sky, and then there's a moderator or a, or a party that is uh, that has been assigned. He's a German guy, which whenever there's a German involved with drug testing, it means you're you're, you're done. <laughs> Good. <laughs> um, will he be at the Juro? He will probably be at the Juro unless he takes himself out. The tour has already warned him that, to warn team him and Team Sky, that for for the prestige of the tour, they do have the right to exclude the rider from racing in, in the in the interest of the Tour de France. Um, so they're going to try to do that. So he would have to appeal the costs if they try to keep him out of the tour, and he he wants to be in. And they haven't decided his his fate yet, but I have a feeling that they will make their decision. They'll they'll make their decision by the by J- July fourth or fifth, I think, or second. The race probably starts around the. I think it's early this year. But is it, is July one. There's World Cup in Russia. Well, when there's World Cup in Europe, it's World Cup they, in June, June and July. Uh, usually it does overlap a little by about a week usually. It doesn't matter. We're not going to be watching the World Cup or the Tour de France. We'll be watching the Tour. Oh, July seventh to July twenty-fourth is the Tour. Yes. So it's and, a little. And I found a spot to get my yellow jerseys <laughs> for this for, for, this for Stooges, Stooges, Stooges podcast, Reality Bikes RV podcast. Oh, we got a, Todd said he wanted to be on too when I came by the shop the other yeah. day. He finally said nope. he no, wanted he to defend to. Lance Crackers. <laughs> <laughs> He wanted to be the, the antithesis to the farming. All right. Um, let's talk about the Masters real quick. It was, I think I watched the, more of it this year than I have in the, what, the last maybe two or three years. Just because I've got the second TV upstairs. Um, Saturday was entertaining. Sunday was very entertaining because Spieth put together one heck of a, uh, one heck of a uh, performance. Plus, uh, Ricky Fowler seemed to get it together later in the day. Oh, that's that, <laughs> that spiked the uh, microphones. Uh, Ricky Fowler put it together, put it in a solid round as well, but they could not uh, hold off Patrick Reed, who was in the lead, uh, going into the well, final Reed round. Reed only shot at 71 on Sunday. So I know, it was, was only minus like, one. But, but it, you know what? He only needed to shoot minus one. Yes. 
He didn't do a Rory or anything. So. I mean, at one point, Spieth was minus nine. He bogeyed, if I remember correctly, bogeyed 18. No, he parred. Maybe he parred. Well, he hit that tree on his drive. He bogeyed it. I'm almost positive he did. Because he, he finished minus eight. Oh, no. He, he, he chipped. He, he hit the tree. Right. Okay. Hit from there. Did not get on. No. Chipped on and two-putted. But Rom was fourth and he was minus nine. So no, I think he was... Spieth was minus nine for the day. Oh, for the day. Yes, he he, had, he ended he up putted, finishing minus he was putting 13. For time, he was putting time for the lowest round ever. Yes, and he, at, and he, at, and he, and he unfortunately, I think he bogeyed it. Yes, that's correct. Um, great Masters, but somewhat controversial. A lot of people say not a fan of uh, Patrick Reed. Really? Yeah, my boss came in. He's like, he's an a- he's an a hole. Everybody at the golf club, I was asking him. They were asking him about that. Nobody likes him. Wow. There was a bunch of stories I saw on Flipboard that said no one likes him. Wow. Not even the players on tour. Wow. But I, I got to say, there were a couple cool things I saw. Bubba Watson waiting for him. I believe they went to Georgia together for a year. No, um, Reed has two national collegiate national championships. He went to UGA and, for a year. Oh, did he? Yeah, I saw on his Wikipedia page yes. he went to Georgia and then he went to Augusta State. Oh wow! Uh, um, maybe he got kicked off the team. I remember there being someone with Bubba that didn't get along with folks. And then Ricky Fowler, who finished second for the fifth Third or sixth time. time. No, Is he fin- he finished three times in 2014 second. Well, he'll get he'll get his chance. He's I, I think he's due. He is due. Um, the other crazy story. Well, there were a couple. I don't know if you watched the par three tournament. Where Jack Nicholas's uh, oh my grandson God. Uh, it was un- out. It was unbelievable. For well, a kid who's 15 years old. A lot of those caddies on tour are much better golfers than the people who are who are not winning. A, he looks like a young Jack Nick. I mean, he <laughs> looks... I showed Jessica a picture of Jack Nicholas like 50 years ago. He And she goes, oh my God, he's like a spitting image of him. And then to get up cold, take whatever wedge you took, yeah. And, hit, and smooth swing, beautiful swing, and then, and then you hear uh, Gary Player in the background. Oh, you're gonna like that one. Oh, and Gary Player's walking it into the hole, and uh, to hear that whole thing, and I got to see it probably like ten times. Wow. Because uh, ESPN just kept showing. I recorded it because I oh. wanted to see it because it's always the, the the one time I went to the Masters, it was the Wednesday practice day. And I didn't know about the par three tournament going into it. This is like 01 or 02. Right. Um, Paul Paul had tickets and he, he's like, you want to go? I'm like, absolutely. Um, and to see that event is super fun. And yeah. then to see that, and then for Jack Nicholas to say, you know, you've had all these memories here at Augusta National. Where does this rank? And he's like, it, with tears in his eye, this is number one. Yeah. I super, super cool. He's like, I've had to keep doubling up on the grandchildren because – I don't know how many more of these I got in me because I want to get them all out here. It was, wow. it was super cool. Well, good for him. Um, Atlanta United. 5-0 or 4-0? 5-0. That freight train keeps going. How early do they score? Uh, I, I want to say it was one nothing at the half. Oh, okay. Uh, well, Todd said it was a good game. It was, and then it got out of hand late. Uh, they, I mean, they got two penalty kicks within five minutes of each other. To score well, I saw the red card four and five. Out, or yellow, then red, mm-hmm. to the same player. Well, a couple interesting things. So, uh, they win 5 nothing. They score on two penalty kicks. Um, I want to say Martinez set up the first goal to 
I can't remember his name now. But then they switched, and he set up the second goal for Martinez. Almiron had two goals, and I can't remember who got the other one. Um, early in the game, the, the Atlanta United got called for a red card, and it got reversed by video review, oh, really? which was, thank God. Um, they can do that? Yeah, they can. This is the first time it's happened, but wow. typically they review a card, and they give it, make it worse. Right. Um, <laughs> so it was interesting. They looked good again. Um, I know they, they were missing some players for red cards from the previous game and injuries. Right. Um, and I, apparently they made another big signing. I don't know who the kid is, but it's one of the better – they made it, They signed another premier player. Wow. So I think what they're worried about is Al Moran playing in the World Cup. Oh. And they need to fill in that spot while he's gone, and I think that's what this kid's going to do. They can't borrow someone from Premier League? But most of those guys are playing in uh, – Oh, World Cup anyway. Yeah. So you have to be like a B-plus – yeah. Of a country that's not. No, you got to be like uh, Ibrahimovic, who plays for Sweden and never makes the World Cup. <laughs> yeah. Did you see that goal? Right. Oh, the. Um, for LA Galaxy. No, no, no. Okay, so we'll go back. So last week, not this past week, and the weekend before. Right. Uh, we talked about Zoltan Ibrahimovic on the last podcast. Yes. He signed. He sends You're the. Welcome. He sends the letter in the paper to the fans. They put him in down three to two, with 16 minutes left in the game. Boom. Drops two. Two goals? Scores one from about 35 yards out off of volley. Wow. And just beautiful goal. Then, not two or three days later, the Real Madrid's playing against Juventus in the Champions League. I think this is the goal you're talking about. Uh, Ronaldo, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, gets open in the middle of the oh, box. that's right. It was Ronaldo. And uh, gets across and just lasers a bicycle kick in. Yes. It was one of the most be- – I can't stand the guy. But it was one of the most beautiful goals I've ever – and he was playing Juventus, of course. It was like it was like victory. <laughs> <laughs> With Stallone and Pele? <laughs> one of the best sports movies ever. Yes. Every sports, mo- every sports movie list always has victory on it. Yes. Always. Um, all right. We're at about 38 and a half minutes. Um, yeah, so we've got the start of the MLB, MLB season. A couple uh, notes that I made going into this. A couple teams out front that I did not expect. <laughs> yes. One of them is your cheating Braves. <laughs> the, the cheating <laughs> at Braves? six and three. I know. Who saw? I didn't think they were going to win six games all the year. Well, I guess they got the Phillies early. Oh, okay. And, and so... <laughs> They're not doing so well. And then they actually, I think they won two out of three from the Nats. Yeah, I think they did as well. So it wasn't like they were just... I have no idea. I just saw they were six and three. I don't know who they beat. Uh, The other shocking one, Pittsburgh trading away the roster early in spring training. (laughs) are Off to a seven and two start. Good for them. Their owner's a jackass. How the heck can he be? (coughs) He traded away their two best players for nothing. Well, he didn't want to pay them. He didn't have to. <laughs> the farm league look good, looks good. They're consistently at the bottom of the payroll list. Yes. Uh, well, the uh, same teams always are. So, so no surprise here. Houston eight and two. Uh, yes. Boston eight and one. Wow. The New York Mets seven and one. That's. They probably started an early. They probably got an early start on. And Arizona at seven and two. The Wahoo Maniacs a blistering four and five. <laughs> Still in contention, though. The Mets won, won all three against the Washington Nationals. 
Washington must not be playing. Their loss goes to the Cardinals. Oh, really? Yeah. It's okay. The Indians are beating the Tigers. You're Detroit Tigers. Yeah, Two to nothing. Tigers. You love the Tigers, too. I don't mind them. Yeah, no. I don't mind them. Ever since Tom Selleck wore that Tigers hat, you've never had a problem. My favorite is Tom Selleck in Mr. Baseball. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hell of a movie if you haven't seen it. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm serious. You, I love that movie. I've seen it. He goes to Japan. He comes back, he's the Dodgers hitting coach. Yes. That's pretty good. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, you know what it's time for? We can start talking hockey. Yes. I, I've done a little bit of research. <laughs> the NHL season starts on Wednesday. I'm clean shaven for the last time in two months. Well, well, you don't know that. I do know that. No, you don't. I do. You do not. I do. You do not. I've got a feeling, Mike. Whatever. Didn't you just 35-pound presses come June 16th. <laughs> can you even lift 35 pounds? I can. So All right, so we've got Wednesday night. There will be blood. Pittsburgh against Philadelphia. Oh, is it the last game of the regular season? No, that's the start of the playoffs. Uh, I thought they had a couple games left. Games are done. Oh, all games are done? All games are done. Oh, I've got okay. the eight teams, the eight eight games. So it's Tampa versus... New Jersey. They got oh, El Diablos. Oh, Jesus. Los Diablos. Let's hope Verdor doesn't come out of retirement. <laughs> He's in the Blues organization. <laughs> uh, you like got Tor- said, Toronto like and Boston. Said, let's hope Verdor doesn't come out of retirement. <laughs> Blues didn't make the playoffs. Uh, Toronto against Boston and Col- Columbus against Washington. So it's play out of your own bracket. I did notice that Nashville had actually ended up with the best. The they most got the points. President's Cup, yes. They got the President's Cup. And then here, I here. couldn't remember who was coaching them, and then I did some research. So Peter Laviolette. He's been there for like four eight years? or ten years? No, four years. I thought it was longer than that. Was he an assistant before he got the... He was, if I remember correctly, he went from Philadelphia to Carolina. Oh, really? And he might have had a stop between Carolina and Nashville. Um, he's been in Nashville maybe five years. If I remember correctly, he coached the U.S. Olympic team. Four years, you're right. He was with the Flyers. I think right before that, he was coaching the U.S. Olympic team. The, the Hurricanes. Um, he coached the U.S.? I think so. Or he might have been an assistant with the U.S. in, If not the, the last uh, – no, Bilsma was the coach then, I think. Might have been an assistant there. Wow. Um, Did you watch any Frozen Four? I didn't. I know Notre Dame was playing Nebraska. No. Uh, Omaha. I can't remember. They were playing Nebraska Omaha or something like that. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. It was ESPN, so I didn't even bother turning it on. He is an American. Yeah. I'm almost positive he coached. He was one of the coaches on one of the U.S. men's. Oh, he's born in Massachusetts. Uh, that was a big deal last year because him and, and Mike Sullivan are both from Massachusetts. Right. They're from like 20 miles apart. He's I, from uh, Laviolette. La that's what I was trying to say. Uh, he's from Franklin, Massachusetts. You would think that's like he's French-Canadian or something like that. Well, that's how I was thinking. Right. He was like, yeah. So I read an article on Sunday. They gave him the President's Cope trophy on Saturday. Nice. And they were complaining that the captain was holding the trophy. And they said, you're not supposed to do that. Well, hate to tell you this, but the Penguins grabbed the trophy last year, won the cup, <laughs> grabbed the trophy the year before that, won the cup. 
grabbed the trophy in 09, won the cup. Didn't grab the trophy in 08, lost the cup. So it matters whether you, whether you grab it. Well, it, they talk about it from the President's Trophy oh. or one of the conference title trophies. Really? Yes. It's, it's superstition not to touch the trophy. But then, like, as of late, the, the tradition's kind of swung. And Sidney Crosby's as superstitious as they get, so he always grabs the trophy now. Because after an 08, when they lost the cup to Detroit, he noticed that they didn't touch the conference trophy, and now he does it every time. Okay, we can't talk about hockey during the regular season, the preseason. Mm-hmm. We cannot talk about superstitions. Why not? <laughs> I'm a superstitious guy. Did we, did we do superstitions? Did, didn't we do a top? What did we do with the top? Like, the, the most... Odd. What did we do? We did a list of... This is the best fights? Or the best ex- uh, explosions? The best ex- like George Brett was on there and, and uh, the practice. we're talking well, about the, practice. The Bobby Nolan Knight's Ryan, on the, the <laughs> Nolan Ryan fight beating up Robin Ventura. <laughs> what was that? The 10 wackiest moments? I forget what it is. We did, we did do something about that. It what wasn't was superstition though. It was, it, was the, it was like the best explosions or the best fights and it might have been the best fights. Um, your ter- Tampa Bay Lightning playing the Devils. You're not happy with that. They are the eight seed in the East. Well, they should be fine. I mean, it's not. It's not that. It's just. Well, regardless, when you, when, they've got to be a hockey fan, and you think of the Devils as the eight seed. No one likes the Devils in the eight seed. I'll take it. It's a seven, different. I'll it's a different Devils six. team now, yes, though. It's not the old said. New Jersey I'm, Devils I'm, that play hope, the trap. Let's hope. Let's Let's hope that is, hey, it's you against the Nunziata. <laughs> uh, he's a I, Devils fan. There's no way he's a Devils he's, fan. I said, I, I I was talking to him. I said, oh, I heard you're like a big Philly fan. He goes, no, I'm from North Jersey. I'm a Devils fan. I'm like, oh, he's, he's Giants. A, I told you he was Giants. Oh, I thought, see, when you said it, I thought he was like the whole, the no, Philly. I, I, it's he, like all the Italian cousins. School, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> old school Giants. Like. Um, well, what, you know, what stinks is. They get past New Jersey. They've got to be either Boston or Toronto to get to Pittsburgh or Washington. Yes. And then they've got to get to, you know, if they get through that to the finals, they got to play Nashville or San Jose or the Kings or Las Vegas. I mean, True. I think the West is a little, there's a little bit more separation there. So Tampa and um, Pittsburgh play, should we go to Tampa? We can try. If it's like a early week. It's gonna be hard. It's gonna be hard because Jim, Jimmy O's coming to town. Jimmy O. Jimmy O from Buffalo. Is that your bookie? What is that? Could be. <laughs> nurse, nurse Jimmy. Is that your bookie? What is that? That's one of the. We'll see how it plays out. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, we've got a month before that happens, <laughs> if it happens. Um. You, you got an early favorite pick for the Stanley Cup Finals? Well, I think I owe you a dollar over Tiger. Oh, yes. I forgot to bring that up as well. When you're, yeah. Two in a row for Old Bevo. <laughs> Monterol. You're only down like Took 22. Took the field. <laughs> Such a risky bet. <laughs> Started texting you on Thursday. Not looking good for Tiger. <laughs> he came back strong on Thursday. He looked. He actually shot minus four on Sunday. Yeah. No, he's no. the he's the one who bogeyed eighteen. Yes, he would have been minus four. It was ended up minus three for the day, plus one on the tournament. He looked good. I was imp- he, he could come out and win the British. He could come out and win the the U.S. He could come out and win the PJ. Right. 
He looked, he looked good. He, he made it through the whole. I'm not concerned about his health anymore. That's true. I'm not, and and honestly, he played some really great shots, and he looked like for the first time in a long time, looked like he was having fun out there. So, um, you want to you want to predict a uh, an Eastern Conference Finals? You want to go Pittsburgh Tampa? I don't think Pittsburgh is ready. I'll, I'll take Pittsburgh Tampa. Okay. Dollar. Dollar. Usual. The usual. <laughs> Who are you going to take? field? <laughs> <laughs> no, I got Tampa. I took Tampa early in the in the season. Who do you think they're going to play in the fi- in the Eastern Conference Finals? I don't, I don't know. Washington? Columbus? Philly? You got a one and four shot. Nothing, nothing. I, I don't, I really don't. What do you think in the West? Nashville? All the way through to the finals? No idea. The Golden Knights? Don't. Wheels are coming off. Don't sleep on MAF. <laughs> For those who don't know, that's Mark Andre. No, it's you know hockey is so wide open and so anything can happen. You know they Listen, really you really just play to be the four through six seed, and it really doesn't matter. The Penguins beat Philadelphia in all five games. All the they can lose in four. All the series go seven games. All yeah. So it's, it's very rare you get a sweep or a four-one right. or a four-two. So I'll assume that you haven't been keeping up on Silver Logan. No, I've been... There is one episode left in the season. And I gotta tell you, not looking good for the boys on Oak Island. Oh, really? (laughs) Are they gonna find gold? They found the train car. They did? Is it in the bottom of Lake Michigan? Not only did they find the train car, they found a second train car that wasn't the train car that they were looking for. (laughs) Did it have gold in it? It's got gold in it. Does it? Bars. So... I got to tell you what happened in the last episode. So they go out. Uh, Marty gets them a boat. Right. They go out on the boat. They start searching. They find a train. They find what they think is a train car. They dive it. It's a train car, but it's too too late. It's like mid nineteen hundreds. Oh. Okay. Right. So they're like, oh, we got to keep looking. So they go back out the next day. They start looking again. They find another one. Another train car. They find it. What they think is another. They go down. They dive it. They're like, the metal detectors are going off. High pings for gold and silver. They're running out of air, so they go back up. Janitor guy, <laughs> they take a 30-minute break. Yes. They put on new gas. Yes. The seas get kind of choppy. Janitor boy rushes to get in the water, hits the boat, breaks his hip. Slips and breaks his hip. Jumps, and the boat moves and hits him, and he breaks his hip. So they didn't get a chance to go back down. That's this week. <laughs> and next week's the finale. This week is the finale. And they're going to find gold or silver. The preview is we think we've they're sending John Chatterton in. Marty <laughs> gets John. Ma- Marty, I, I got, Marty gets finding John. shit. The usual. Done. One piece of gold and you win. Put it on the board. <laughs> One piece Bevo, of gold. win column. Three in a row. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be good for you right now. Going into the playoffs, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so... The preview for this week was, we've here's a video, here's a picture. We, we did the metal detecting. This is a gold bar. Here's a picture of it. Why wouldn't you just bring it up? Right. <laughs> That's not. what I can't figure out. It's not. So I don't know if they find it, and then they go back and dive it again and pull up the, the gold. But I, I have a feeling that they found the gold. They found gold. I don't believe it. They're going to find a gold bar. I don't believe it. 
it's been it, it's been somewhat entertaining. I just can't figure out the timeline between this and Oak Island because it doesn't match up. <laughs> well, they're both summer season shows. They have to be. This so. is when Marty was on Oak Island and coming back for other business. Oh, really? <laughs> that is my guess. Well, no, he both. Well, I mean, him and him and Tester, mm-hmm. um, Craig Tester, right? You know, they they have natural gas business or drilling or whatever they're doing. They I don't have know natural what gas yeah. business in in the in the winery. Marty, is that what he calls? I it? think that's what he calls it. That's good memory. Cool. Uh, do you have anything else to add? Because that is everything. That's everything that we had to talk about. That's everything I have on we the did list. We barbecue. We did the track season started. Oh, we got any updates on track events coming up or... Well, we have May 4th and 5th, the yep. Kieran. Uh, John Crooms going to be going for the Kilo record attempt at 6 p.m. on Saturday the 5th. Hey, for those that listen to this, ep- this, this podcast that we produce, the John Croom episode is one of the lowest downloads we have, and it's probably one of the better podcast we did because we were both housed <laughs> both pretty drunk because <laughs> uh, it was we were, the day i came off the wagon you came off the wagon we had the keg behind us and you were drinking uh, uh Maker's Mark. Mark. <laughs> it's a long one but it's a good one and john's a great guest yes uh so tell your friends about it i'm gonna Please. post some more uh links to that episode on on our social media so we can get the downloads up on that, and it probably would help if John shared it with, <laughs> with some of his uh, Maybe his fans. Maybe to be seen with us. Maybe. Battle of the Bulge gave us a shout out this week. Oh, did they? What do they got going on? They, um, they were talking about uh, uh, Scott was mentioning did, uh, that we hit our thousand thousand downloads. Did uh, Did Hulk Hogan Jr. take over that podcast and decide to start a? <laughs> He's just missing the bandana, right? <laughs> he's got to paint his beard in no, black no, on the sides. No, that's that's for when he he switches to the other Holly, side. Hollywood, <laughs> the NWO <laughs> days when I watched. Are, were you NWO? Hell yeah! Hulk? As soon as Macho Man joined the NWO, I was in. You were in. I was in. Macho Man. I held out as long as I could. <laughs> <laughs> I can remember. And I don't know if Jeff listens or not, but Jeff Klein was my roommate in college, and I went to high school, with Jeff. And I, it was, it was uh, summer, summer Slam, I think. Wow. Or no, it was Bash at the Beach, WCW Bash at the Beach, where the NWO was going to announce their third partner. And Hulk Hogan comes out, and everybody thinks Hulk Hogan's there to save the day. And sure enough, turns heel. And I'm watching, remember how you watch pay-per-view? Yes. But you couldn't get paper. It was all squiggly. Was, yeah, so you're basically the, just listening to yeah. pay-per-view. I called Jeff. It I'm like, you're not going to believe what happened. Hulk Hogan is the third member of the MWO. This is in college. It's just like, no way. I'm like, yeah. Jeff and I went to every WCW event that came to Buffalo. So much so that they we They come went, like twice a year? Yeah, they would come or like once or, once or twice a year. They would come. They came to Buffalo, and then we moved to Georgia, and two weeks later, we went to the Georgia Dome to see WCW again. Dang. Goldberg beating Hulk Hogan for the heavyweight title in the Georgia Dome. In the Georgia Dome? It was awesome. Wow. Back in my old wrestling watching days. I love it. I was showing Holden the other day videos of the Ultimate Warrior. Oh, really? (laughs) I'm like, does Dad let you watch wrestling? He's like, no. I go, you gotta. It's awesome. All right, so we got um, the Kieran at the Velodrome May 4th May 5th. and 5th. Yep. Okay. Uh, the 4th is the sprints. Uh, the 5th is the Kieran. It looks like we got great fields. Um, 
filled, filled up rather well. Hopefully, you'll get an opportunity to do some announcing. I'm warming up the pipes. Warming up the pipes. Let's just hope the penguins aren't playing any. I'll bring, I'll bring the red light with me. <laughs> <laughs> that, that'll go over well. <laughs> Last that lap. was pretty close. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, so that does it for episode 35. Mike and I will try and do another episode for you next week, uh, Sunday or Monday, depending on our schedules. Um, right. You can – oh, hey, um, while well, I've got you here, uh, if you haven't rated us on iTunes – or Podbean, give us a nice rating, or if you hate us, give us a bad rating. We prefer, we prefer the nice ratings, though, so we know how we can... I can only imagine what Ronnie Retcher says about it. <laughs> your, your podcast is undercooked, flavorless. <laughs> he wasn't that rough. Um, he did say it was good, and Rudy's was just better. Yes. And that was totally deserved. But uh, give us a ranking so we can get this podcast out to more people. I know uh, Scott's probably given us a rating on Google Play or... On Podbean. Android device. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, this podcast is available download to download on iTunes, on Podbean, the app, or on Google Play. So it should cover any of the platforms that you listen on. Um, we love hearing feedback, so send us messages on any one of those apps. Send us a message on any of our uh, social media platforms. That includes um, Mike Berman's LinkedIn page. <laughs> <laughs> where he likes to wish people happy birthday. Uh, that also includes our Facebook pages. So Barman and Bevo podcast on Facebook, on Facebook, um, Michael Barman, Michael Vandura on Facebook. And then we're on Twitter at Barman, the letter N Bevo pod. And I believe, and for whatever reason, my Twitter was private. So I think I fixed that. It was kind of, I think I mentioned that a couple of weeks ago. It was, I think I had Twitter? a security issue. Oh, Somebody so hacked my account and they, they shut you down. Yeah. All right. So my 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 profile should be public now. I think. Um, if you want to uh, friend me on Twitter, it's at bevo eight seven seven one. If you want to uh, friend Barman on Twitter, it's at underscore Coach Barman. If you want to friend uh, Scott Patton and the uh, Fat Guys No More podcast, they're also on Twitter it's and Facebook. Battle of the Bulge. <laughs> But uh, Scott has set up a, uh, a fake <laughs> profile called The President, <laughs> which I believe is at underscore Barman and Bevo number one fan. I saw that tonight and I just started laughing. He, he did. I'm so glad he did that because it's, it's even better than what I imagined when he put the at underscore in there. Um, well, I think they spent over an hour talking about CrossFit last Was it last week? They did two episodes last week, so I'm still catching up. Uh, on some of the, my podcast, but I'll listen to that this week. So. Cole Jr. Keep, keep at it. That white beard. He's Good getting it white so he can dye it pink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that does it for episode 35. You got anything else to add? Did I forget anything? Hmm. I would have mentioned it earlier. Okay. We will uh, let you know when we're going to do our ep next episode, but I'm hoping we'll get that done probably a week from today. So thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Just a good old boy, never meaning no harm. Beats all you never saw, been in trouble with the law since the day they was born. Straightening the curves, yeah. flattening the hills. Someday the mountain might get up, but the law never will.
Ah. Uh-huh. 